MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go. It is Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard, we're live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. This show is brought to you by DraftKings on today's program coming up. In about a half an hour, Matt Humans will join us. He's going to be on for two segments. We'll get his best bets this week. NFL, early look with him, maybe a little bit of golf. And we'll go over contenders and pretenders in college basketball. Uh, Nigel Seeley on the program a little bit later on. Huge day in the prim. Josh oh, yeah. Applebaum as well. How are you feeling today? Yeah, all Good? Right. Good, yeah. Yeah, you all right? I think so. I all think right. so. I was uh, digging around yesterday, shopping around early because uh, more props are coming out quicker than ever. Right. With these national sports books, they've had props up since Sunday night. I wanted to do a little uh, early Super Bowl MVP digging. And that's what I did. Now, yeah. before we get into probably a couple of long shots that I took. To remind people who might be a little unaware of uh, how this award usually goes. This is Super Bowl 58 that we have here in Las Vegas. The quarterback has won the MVP 32 times. It's tough for a non-quarterback to win this award. There's been some strange ones, though. Oh, no, no doubt. Random. No. Yep. What do you think Larry Brown was years ago sure. for the Cowboys? Was it Dexter Smith, too? What was his, what was his name? He had a couple pick sixes. If for I'm, the Buccaneers? Yeah, right. Oh, I can't imagine what Larry Brown was. <laughs> We've had some odd ones here. Desmond Howard won the MVP. He got, it? he got it that on the kickoff? And they they scored 35 points and had Brett Favre. And wow. the media loved Brett Favre. Sure, yeah. So wide receivers have won the award eight times, running back seven, linebackers four. Then it goes down the list. Defensive end, safety two apiece, cornerback once, defensive tackle one time, and the kick returner, Desmond Howard, has won it once. So then why would I bet... Harrison Bucker yesterday at 410 to one to win the MVP. Good number. That's the reason why okay. I, I'm looking around at as many books as possible. And he was a hundred to one at some spots. Obviously I don't think that's worth a bet, but I found it's, you know, I'm obviously not making huge bets on these, but um, that adds up quickly and 410 to one. Look, if this Super Bowl is played 410 times, <laughs> how often will it be? like a 15-13 Chiefs win where he kicks five field goals or... Well, you just had it. They did it against the Bengals. That's, I know it, right? Or, or it's like 19-17, he kicks four field goals, they score one touchdown. 26-22, he's involved a lot. Like, that can happen. So 410 to one, I'm like, eh, why not? At that number, okay. I'll, I'll pop it. Good luck to you. I'm throwing out Purdy. I already bet Pacheco and Debo. And uh, I'll add more 49ers because I just think it's – unless Purdy is Superman, they're going to give it to someone else on the 49ers if they win. Not to mention uh, – and, and we've been killing their defense, rightfully so. 
you, you could make a case like if, if Bosa's Superman or something funky happens and it's a low scoring game and I def, I get uh, that could happen too I mean look at look at what just happened with Kansas City yeah. here how they about, get shut out in the second half and a win how about Greenlaw who had those uh, INTs against Jordan Love in the divisional yeah. round and it was really really good and I get I love their linebackers Warner and Greenlaw appears to me like they're going to have to have a monster game for the 49ers defense because I'm not in love with that defensive line at all other than, than Bosa, the guy that you just talked mm-hmm. about. So maybe there's an angle there. I also took a couple of random uh, dart throws on in case the defense steps up and look, do I, again, the history here, cornerbacks, safeties, they wanted to combine three times in the history of the Super Bowl. It's very likely not going to happen. But just in case Purdy's bad, like if he's Baltimore bad, I took a shot on Sneed and uh, McDuffie at some really log numbers yesterday. Very small pizza money type bets. Mm. All right. So, and then uh, I have uh, Debo from last week at 60 to one, much bigger bet. And I don't know. I want to see what the biggest number I can find on McCarthy is uh, McCaffrey McCaffrey mm-hmm. in this game. If I can get anything over five to one, I'll probably bet him. Okay. There was a six figure bet in town yesterday too, at the South point already. Um, so, yep. We already had that. Yeah. So we'll see if we get some million dollar bets and, it seemed uh, we could we could get a ton with the game being here too. So is this the best I'm going to do with Niners? Uh, excuse me, Chiefs money line. You think? Right behind us, it's plus one hundred six. Man, I go back and forth with this because I think we're going to see you know huge money on both sides over the next ten days. Um, don't you think that? I think people who want to be on the 49ers big. They can wait a little bit because books can get all the Chiefs money that they want, I would think. The public, I think, will be all over Mahomes in Kansas City. And then so if you just, if you wait on that part and then wait for the big bets to come in on the 49ers to drive it up maybe a little bit, maybe there's an angle on on that. Boy, I hope I'm wrong. Because I, as Chris Russo said last year, I'm chiefed out. But this is, when's the last time they played a complete game? Philadelphia, December 3rd, 42-19. They beat Seattle 28-16. Then, then we, we, I guess there's danger here, Sherry, as Harry Carey used to say. They gave up 30 points at Arizona. They got run out on Christmas against Baltimore. Struggled for much of the game against Washington when they needed it for the one seed. One by 17, but that was tight at halftime. Yeah. And then they didn't play anybody against the Rams and then should have lost to the Packers and should have lost... Uh, on Sunday. So, I mean, it has been a long time since now I know what the 12 wins are by an average of 19 points per game. It's been a long time since we've seen the 49ers bring their A game well, and, and do a great job. And certainly there are more leaks in the Iraqi Navy here with this defense. So overall, you can't throw this game out because it's the latest example they had of playing like an elite team. I'm not going to include the two playoff teams here, but going back to the regular season, they were absolutely buried against Baltimore for sure. Uh, that Eagles game was in week 13. I mean, that's as good of, of a performance that any team gave us throughout the entire year. Mm-hmm. They took apart the Seahawks in Seattle. Uh, the Jacksonville win was very good. They do have a damn good resume, obviously. The Cowboys win was awesome. Oh, week yeah. one against the Steelers. But you are going back now like pre-December here, what we're talking for a lot of those games. Does the game last year have anything to do with this when they played? That's big. Yeah, you can throw that at me. I have no problem with that. Mahomes lit them up right. like but, the 4th of July. But we haven't seen that Kansas City offense all year. No. You know, and I keep going back to what happened on Christmas. They, they lost it home to the Raiders. The Raiders didn't complete a pass for the last three quarters. They lost that game. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Andy Reid, yesterday, talking to the media, he said that was the wake-up call for us. He said when we watched them and the game was over with and we talked about it, he said that was an amazing job by Antonio Pierce to have his team fired up that much to come out and play with that much emotion, and we were dead. And after the game was over with, we're like, we, that's the fire that we need. Why can't we play like the Raiders just did on Christmas Day? He's like, I know, I know that we have this in us. We're that good. Where's it been? We got to turn it on. And they did. I, I, if you want to call it flip the switch, call it whatever you want. But he admitted that the Christmas Day game was a, was a bucket of water in their faces. Well, but as it still hasn't, hasn't been the case for the offense. Defense continues to carry them. And the defense is, is playing great. I mean, still number one in drops. Second in offensive penalties, seventh in turnovers, issues in the red zone. It's been the same thing since week one right. when Tony you know, drops the ball and it's a pick six the other way. 
So it's I, I, I'm going to have to take Mahomes. I'm just so disappointed with how San Francisco has played here. And uh, I'm rooting for Purdy and the Niners, but I, I think the Chiefs are going to get it done. What do you have for some uh, record-breaker yeah. props that are available good. at DraftKings? So we, we briefly mentioned this yesterday. Octopus is up at DraftKings, 11-1. to 1. It happened last year. Hertz did it. You score the touchdown, and you get the two-point conversion. Um, walk-off game-winning field goal, 8-1. to 1. That's available. Will someone break Brady's record? 506 yards, 200 to 1. How did they lose that game? They gashed Philly on the ground. They didn't punt, and Brady threw for 500 yards, and they lost the game. Yeah, there, there are a couple of outliers in recent history. That would be one of them. Last year's game, when you look at the overall numbers, the Eagles had no business losing that game to the Chiefs, and they did. And, uh, you know, to uh-huh. throw in the Patriots one more time to do what they did and come back against Atlanta, obviously they should have been buried in that yep. game as well. Okay, so that's 200 to 1. Will someone break Jerry Rice's record? 216 yards plus receiving. That's 30 to 1. Let me give you this. On the website right now, vsin.com, Matt Devine does a great job. He has tracked uh-huh. it, all these props for the last 22 years going back. Will any player, because you can find this one all over, will any player have 200 plus receiving yards? That's all for the last 22 years. One player mm. in the last 22 years has had 150-plus yards receiving. Excellent. Very good. But the rushing angle. Timmy Smith, 204 with the record. Will someone get 205? That's 30-1. to Oh, boy. Will someone have four touchdowns? 18-1. to one. A ton of guys have three. I want to see, can anybody find this? I'm going to, I'm going to, because all these guys, and if you want, uh, tweet at us an email because all these books are taking requests. Asking they shall receive. William Hill's notorious. They've been doing it for five plus years. Jeff Benson here at Circa already put the tweet out. I'm going to, I'm going to tweet at Jeff Benson. I want the, I want the longest field goal in Super Bowl history. Steve Christie has the record 54. I want, I want over. I want the record with Butker. Uh, he's got a huge leg. So yep. does Moody, by the way. But I, I think I think Butker can get this. That would tie into my MVP bet then, huh? Uh-huh. Sure, there you go. I, I'm never going to root for a kicker this hard my entire life. Yep. So the record there is 54. The longest punt is Hecker 65. And was it Super Bowl nine? The Vikings had 119 total yards. <laughs> that must have been awful. Oh, boy. Most points in a quarter. Washington, 35. I believe that was the Timmy Smith game. It was. Okay. Uh, longest pass. Jake DeLome, touchdown pass. Machine Muhammad, 85 yards. 85, okay. One of the best right. Super Bowls ever. Totally, Patriots. Totally oh, yeah. lost. Great game. Under the radar game. Yep. Yep. So those are up, too, and that's a great job by DraftKings. Will the last play of the game be a quarterback kneel? That's yes, minus 165 as well. Now, how about this? You can find this, too. Shortest touchdown of the game, under three and a half yards. Three and a half? Yeah, you can find that one. You can, you can, they'll put up all the numbers. Well, I got Glenn and Quincy, who submitted at Foxwoods, loves the one and a half, plays it but all the time. Under three and a half is 21 and one to the under. Okay. Last 22 years. Okay. How big the juice? Uh, it doesn't say here. Okay. All right. Good. I guess how many onside kicks we've had in the last 22 years? Successful. One. That was it. Colts game. That's it? It's the only Basket? one. Basket? Only one. Wow. Yep. Uh, I should say Saints game. Well, yeah, right. Win some, lose some up next. Some uh, great games, by the way, uh, in the NBA last night. We'll recap in a 700-1 ticket that cashed over the weekend. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. 
It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Leila Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So, all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. If you haven't already checked out the new vsin.com, get up there today. The fresh look, enhanced navigation, mobile first focus, and expanded educational content. Get up there now. Check it out. The new vsin.com. Do it today. Double shot of Matt Humans. Uh, good to talk college hoops with him, covering a bunch of topics. And uh, Matt, Mitch talked about it going to break. And I know when you filled in on Christmas, we were raving about Florida Atlantic. They were off to a hot start. They, a, they were down big against Arizona out here and came back to win in a thrilling game. I think they're on a 1-8 ATS run. They're laying big numbers in every game. It seems every game they're down at halftime and have to rally. What do you think of this Florida Atlantic squad? Well, nobody's sleeping on the Owls this season, and uh, that's the thing. When you, when you make a Final Four, you're going to have a target on your back, and you're taking the opponent's best shot every time out. And, uh, you know, it's... Not a, I guess not that big a surprise of Fort Atlantic. Now the numbers are, you know, a little bit inflated that they've got to cover, and uh, the Owls are not covering those numbers. But if you look on the Ken Palm site, FAU still number 27 and 12th in offensive efficiency. The defense has really slipped. It's 84 in defensive efficiency, but it's still a 17 and 14. Uh, you know, the one thing not to forget about Fort Atlantic is that the uh, the Owls were down in the final minute against Memphis in the first round of the tournament. Memphis had the ball in the lead, had a turnover, questionable call by the officials, blew the game, Penny Hardaway was throwing trash on the court. Mm-hmm. Fort Atlantic was that close to being knocked out in the first round. Yep. And then made the final four. You know, that's the fine line between uh, being a bust and being a big success in the tournament. So I don't think, uh, I think maybe expectations got a little bit too high and uh, the betting market got a little bit too high on Florida Atlantic, but it's still a good team. Yeah, after that Arizona win out here in Las Vegas, they lost seven straight ATS mm-hmm. and then they covered by a point against Rice Lane, a huge number. They've lost two games as 20-point favorites this year. Huge favorites yeah, going yeah. down. And you're right, Paul, it, they're down in the first half or at halftime seemingly every single game. So I think, Matt, we probably have a lot of candidates this year for the 2024 version of Florida Atlantic. Give us a team or two that you think might fit, fit their criteria. Well, I'll give you one. I think the secret's out on this team now, but New Mexico. Oh, oh. And uh, you just, you know, the Lobos blew out Nevada by 34 at the pit on Sunday night. Never a game. Wolfpack never in it. And uh, if you're going to win the tournament, you got to have good guards and uh, experienced guards. And the Lobos have it. Jalen House, Jamal Mashburn Jr. And it's a team that's uh, 37th in offensive efficiency and 20th in defensive efficiency. It's actually a really good defensive team, which you wouldn't necessarily think with a Richard Pertino coach team. But right now, New Mexico is 19th on Kim Palm. And how about this? Kentucky is 20th. So everybody's in love with Kentucky and the upside with the Wildcats and their talent. But New Mexico's team is a little bit under the radar. And hey, we're talking about this year's FAU. New Mexico might be this year's San Diego State. You know, the Aztecs made the run to the championship game. I'm not going to say New Mexico's a Final Four team. But if you're looking for a sleeper that can make a run in the tournament, I think New Mexico's got the guards and the defense to get it done. All right. What do you think of Utah State? Same conference, 18-2 and two this season. Utah State, 
Utah State's got a, a legit big, which you got to have if, if you run into those type of matchups in the tournament. I just uh, I don't trust the Aggies as much away from home. And um, I like Utah State, but don't love it. I mean, if you want to talk about some other teams, I think uh, could be Cinderella, Fort Atlantic, San Diego State types. Uh-huh. I think St. Mary's is one of them. Okay. Um, you know, right now St. Mary's is 12th in defensive, defensive efficiency, and that's another really slow-paced team that's going to try to drag you into the mud and make you play an ugly style of game. 357th in an adjusted tempo with one of the slowest teams in college basketball. But St. Mary's, really well-coached team by uh, Randy Bennett. Also, I'm going to mention St. John's here. I love Rick Pitino. always have. The guy's just a phenomenal coach. He's got a horse in the low post and Joel Soriano, who's a double-double machine. Injuries have been a bit of a problem, but the uh, Red Storm have talented guards. They're in the top 45 in offensive and defensive efficiency, 33rd overall in Kim Palm. And St. John's got a big game coming up at the Garden this week against UConn. And that's going to be a, a huge one. But I think St. John's could be a bit of a sleeper because we've got a coach like Patino and a, a big man and pretty good guards. you got a shot. And then I know it's a power conference team like St. John's, but Northwestern has also got some got the potential, I think, to be that type. But, hey, Northwestern's 31st in offensive efficiency and has some big wins on its resume. I would say New Mexico, St. Mary, St. John's, Northwestern, those are four teams I like in terms of Cinderella type of teams. Let me throw one more team at you, and I one of the worst beats of your life, because I know you were at the drawing and the party here Friday uh, for the Lions uh, game and, and the send-off. The bartender was from Dayton. And he brought up, he went to Dayton and brought up the Obi Toppin team. You had 200 to one that year and they were a one seed and then COVID happened and it was canceled. Uh, Joe, I've seen him as high as a three seed. What do you think of Dayton 16 and three this year? If they could make a deep run. Well, I like Dayton a lot. Actually got four double digit scores. It's a, it's a really good team. That's uh let's see right now. Dayton's 25th on Ken Palm and 21st on offensive efficiency. And uh, got, one, got a player who's got one of the best names in college basketball, Kobe Elvis. And um, I, I think Dayton, uh, if you look at the A-10, Richmond and Dayton are two really good teams. A-10 is always an underrated conference. So, yeah, those are two teams you got to keep an eye on, too, is Richmond and Dayton. And, Paul, congrats to you for winning the uh, Stadium Swim Cabana at the drawing on uh, Friday night. Looking forward to that. Uh, hopefully we can do that conference championship week. Mm-hmm. And... Um, no doubt. You and Doug Kazarian. Doug Kazarian just walks around lucky, doesn't he? He, he wins the Barry's gift certificate, and you and Doug were the big winners at the drawing. That was a good time. And, uh, yes, Doug wins the, the Barry's, and, and Doug also cashed another tournament. Doug Kazarian in studio tomorrow. Hardcore NBA. Looking forward to that. Matt, I do, I do not have a future on Houston, okay. Tennessee, or Purdue. Okay. One of those teams could come back and bite me this year, and I might regret that. I will not regret having zero money on Arizona. I'm sorry, but I cannot buy into this team this year. I'm with you. Are you there with the Wildcats? You know, they're just too soft away from home. Now, Caleb Love carried the team to that win in Oregon over the weekend. He was great. He's, he can win some games for you in the tournament. But, uh, no, you know, I, I've uh, cooled off in Arizona considerably. And I think you have to. The team's lost three games on the Pac-12 road against mediocre teams. And, is a little bit, it looks a little bit too soft to me and no depth. You know, we're talking about that Dayton beat at 200 to one in 2020 when the tournament was canceled. That's a different kind of bad beat. Uh, that's, you know, never going to have something like that happen again. I do have a long shot, Mitch. Okay. Kind of similar to that this year, Mitch and Paul. So Wisconsin, I got a 200 to one before the season. Wow. And uh, whiskey now is a, uh, a top 10 team. So hopefully uh, whiskey can get something done. I actually think Wisconsin right now plus 200. It's a pretty good bet to win the Big Ten if you look at the schedules for Purdue and Wisconsin uh, down the stretch. All right. Here's the stunning part. At Ken Palm right now, they are number four in adjusted offensive efficiency. Yeah, yeah. Cool. This is not your typical Badgers team. Uh, about time. You know? That's great. Right. That's great. It's great to talk college basketball with you, Matt. You are the genuine article. Uh, everyone get the T-shirt with the fast food rankings. You deserve a ton of credit for this. <laughs> and congratulations. We are a couple weeks away on the strip from our first Whataburger. So that's coming. We got Zippies. There could be. We're going to get a Portillo's eventually. You were, go, you were writing letters for years about a Chick-fil-A. Great job. You deserve a ton of credit for this. 
I tried to bring a Chick-fil-A franchise to Vegas about 10 years ago. I wrote a letter to uh, headquarters and I wanted to open a franchise here. I knew it was going to be a huge moneymaker. Sure. And they ignored my letter. But how about this? We got a Super Bowl and all these major league franchises in Vegas. Now we're getting all the big time fast food franchises. <laughs> You're a big reason why. So looking forward to the Whataburger in a couple weeks that opens up. Great job, sir. Thanks, Matt. All right, you bet. Thanks. There you go. You know, I did have my mom's in town staying here for a little while. So she always has like a craving for food she can't get in the Midwest. I don't blame her. We had in and out last week. I, I don't. I still do not. Every time I have it, I take the first bite. I'm like, how do people think this is overrated? Yeah, I know. Well, the, I the, hype, the hype train. The, the fries. And the fries okay, are bad, whatever. But, yeah. I'm talking about just the double double or the triple triple with that cheese. You can get it however you want. I don't do the animal style. I like the ketchup, mustard, maybe some fried onions. It's it's phenomenal every single time. Take her to Shake Shack. Oh, we've been there. Do that too. Oh yeah. Yeah. What does she think? Loves it. How do you not? More than In and Out. On the fence, close. I I prefer Shake Shack. So do you? Yes. I think that's the best burger going. I also think Freddy's is wildly underrated. Yes, that's right. That was not on that list we did last week with the best burger. Tremendous burger. Yeah. But I don't know how many people have access to Freddy's. Uh-huh. Now that is a great menu. Deep. Cheese oh, yeah. curds. The cheese curds Chicken are legit. Fingers, ice cream, sundaes. Yeah. Give me some of that. Now we need a Culver's to come here. We need a Portillo's. Right. I'm excited. I've never had Whataburger. I was going to have it when we were at the Super Bowl last year, but the <laughs> the guy driving the Uber didn't know where. Like, I'm telling him where he is. It was like there was a communication barrier, but yeah. I, I, he couldn't take hey. so. We did do Culver's with Lou, though, and that lived, that's another deep menu. Everything is awesome at Culver's, oh, very too. much so. Yep. yep. I was going to say, be careful with the voices here. But do that once in a while. All right, so follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Up next, a look at some uh, historical Super Bowl numbers. Wait until you hear the numbers for the team entering this game with the better record. Shocking. This is Follow the Money on v We love Omaha Steaks, and you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks guarantee for a limited time. When you go to omahasteaks.com slash you get four free air-chilled boneless chicken breast, four free rich, juicy boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. Get up there. It's awesome. Omahasteaks.com slash Josh Applebaum joins the program now, sports betting analyst here at VEASAN. His two podcasts are called Morning Bets and Market Insights. Get them wherever you get your podcasts. Josh, good morning. Thanks for the time. As always, what is your uh, early read here on the 49ers and Chiefs in the big game? Yeah, Mitch and Paulie, great to be with you. Good morning. So I think we're going to look at this game, at least from my perspective, from what's happened thus far, what's happened in the past when it comes to the Super Bowl in terms of betting situations and trends, and then where we think this line will move next. So let's start off with what we've seen thus far. We saw this line open with the 49ers listed around a two and a half point favorite. Some books for two, two and a half. Kind of there was a, a little bit of a difference there between which book you looked at. But the early move was toward Kansas City. As soon as that line dropped, guys, you saw those two and a halves get down to two. We saw those twos even get down to one at or in early stages of yesterday. However, we have seen a little bit of buyback on San Francisco. San Francisco, when they bottomed out at minus one, there was some some buyback there, brought them back up to minus one and a half. I see one book at two. So again, early move, Casey. Now it's starting to come back a little bit. Obviously, we have a long two-week uh, wait here for the game. So let's see how this uh, ping pongs back and forth. Currently, the public. Now I'm going to put the public in air quotes here because the public doesn't really bet the Super Bowl this far out. You know, they're going to usually wait until uh, really closer to kickoff here, really late in, until next week. But as of right now, 69% of bets, 67% of the money is taking Patrick Mahomes in the points with KC. On the money line, 86% of bets and dollars are taking Mahomes to win the game straight up. Now, the elephant in the room here, guys, is Patrick Mahomes. You know, I look at system matches typically in terms of teams, but if you look at a system match in in terms of one specific player, this is a stat you're going to hear all week, all the next two weeks here. Mahomes as a dog. 10-1 10-1 and one against the spread as a dog in his career. He won the Super Bowl straight up, plus one and a half against the Eagles as a dog last year. Remember, he was plus three in Buffalo when that came out right. And then he was plus four and a half or even five at Baltimore last week. And really, Mahomes is so great. He's like the kryptonite for, for line moves because we actually saw that line move late toward Baltimore. Baltimore was hanging around three and a half, four. Game day steam got him up to four and a half or five. It didn't matter. Mahomes won the game and covered the number anyway. 
In terms of historically what we've seen, playoff dogs. So if you're, I'm trying to build a case here for Patrick Mahomes. I'll be on Mahomes, but I want to make sure I'm getting the best number here. Playoff dogs are eight and four against the spread this year, 67%. They're 51 and 34 ATS, 60% since 2017. And if you're a playoff dog with a line move in your favor, so going off the opener of two and a half, two, we're down to you know one and a half across the board. That would be a line move system match with KC. They're 18 and nine against the spread, 67% since 2017. And when you get in particular to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl dogs, the last 20 years, pretty good sample here, 13 and seven against the spread. 3-0 ATS the last three. We had Casey last year against the Eagles plus one and a half. Remember the Bengals lost to the Rams by three, but they were getting four and a half in covered. And then Tampa Bay, the COVID year with Brady plus three, they beat Kansas City. Interestingly enough, a six-point teaser on a, a Super Bowl dog last 20 years is 17 and three, 85%. But here's my angle, guys. Uh, in the newsletter yesterday, Johnny Avello of DraftKings, the head odds maker, he said he wouldn't be surprised if this line creeps back up to two or two and a half closer to the opener. So I'll be on my Mahomes. Mm. I got Mahomes system matches. We got a lot of uh, system matches historically to dogs and Super Bowl dogs, but I'm going to wait it out, try to get the best spread. If I can get a two and a half, the best money line price. But I learned my lesson last year's Super Bowl, and I, I, I'm not ever going to do it again. I'm going Mahomes as a dog, and I'll never pass that up. You surprised by that? With the, you think everyone would take Mahomes as a dog angle? And the Niners have looked so bad. No, I think the public will be all over KC. Yes, yeah. for sure. And then you're going to get sharp money. I think. Maybe on both sides, but I think on San Francisco. So then there, that answers your question then, right? If you want to wait on KC Moneyline, there you go. That would surprise me, though, even if the Sharps want the 49ers. They should have lost the last two games. They've been impressive in a month. Still a very, I mean, they're excellent overall, Uh though, top to bottom. I know, but it's been a while since I've seen it, though. I give you that. Uh, college basketball tonight, Josh. I think a couple of games fit uh, a very common theme, how you bet college basketball. We have unranked teams, a couple of them anyway, Favored at home against ranked teams. State your case here for Kansas State against Oklahoma. Yeah, so this is my favorite system match, Paul, uh, Mitch and Pauly. This is really kind of the fishy system that makes no sense. And it's actually great, not only in college basketball, but college football. And it really plays upon the public's bias. When you look at rankings, when one team is ranked, they have a little, you know, one or two digit, digit number next to their name. And the other team is unranked automatically that public bias mindset, psychological bias comes into play. And the public says, hey, give me the ranked team. Hey, they're ranked for a reason. They're better, right? They should win. They should cover. However, we know that we should probably not overvalue that too much and really go with what the market is telling us. So you mentioned this is my favorite system match, an unranked home favorite versus a ranked opponent. Uh, First match here would be on Kansas State, K-State at home against Oklahoma. We saw K-State open as low as minus one and a half. K-State is now up to minus three or even some shops three and a half. And that really is a great um, kind of fishy play in their favor because they're unranked and Oklahoma's ranked, but also great percentages here, particularly on the money line. It's a little high, minus 170, but the system match um, with that unranked home favorite ranked opponent is 73% straight up with a 19% ROI last two years. So on the money line, K-State's only getting 44% of bets, but 68% of money. They have a big offensive rebound advantage, 35% uh, versus 32%. And then home road. It's so important to me in college basketball, you know, pros, you know, professionals doesn't really phase them too much going on the road, but in college, it's a big edge to the home team and it's tough for those road teams to go on uh, to be a visitor, go on the road and win. So K-State 10 and one at home, Oklahoma only one and two on the road. Uh, this is a great play here to me to back Kansas State at home, the fishy unranked home fave versus the ranked opponent. All right. Same thing here, right? With uh, Villanova at home against Marquette. Marquette 16 and three, a small road dog against Villanova 11 and nine on the season. Same exact thing here, uh, Mitch, and it's also, uh, it's even grosser, which makes me like it more because if you look at Nova, they've lost four straight. They actually uh, had a, a epic game against Butler over the weekend that went to double overtime. They had a lead the whole time. Butler kept coming back and winning. Uh, Butler ends up win- covering that number as well, uh, but they're only 11 and nine. Marquette, as you mentioned, great record, ninth uh, overall ranking, and they've won four straight. Yet, what have we seen across the market? This was basically a pick em game. Uh, even some books were a uh, slight dog in favor um, or a dog spot with Villanova getting one. Now we flipped all the way to Nova minus one and a half or even minus two. So this line is going to Nova, even though they're not playing very well and they're unranked. Now, if you look at the percentages, great situation here to bet against the public and follow this reverse line move on Nova. Currently, you're getting uh, 65% of bets taking Marquette in the points. You'll hear this too, guys. The wrong team is favored. That's really what the public's saying. But that always kind of grinds my gears because, no, based on the projections and the power ratings, the right team is always favored. It's just your perception of the game uh, that makes you think otherwise. But Nova's only getting 35% bets, 60% of the money on the spread, 27% bets, 70% of money on the money line. They're 6-3 
at home. Marquette just three and three on the road. And if you look at free throw percentage, guys, uh, 81% for Nova. They knocked down their free throws, only 73% for Marquette. So this becomes a tight game late. You have to go to the free throw line. Nova's proven that they're better at the stripe. So uh, I'm going money line here with Villanova. I got to play this system match. Uh, decent money line price around minus 130. One more game here, Josh. Colorado State is coming off of an all-time bad beat against Wyoming. And uh, SVP and Stanford Steve showcased it last night. I mean, they blew a massive lead. What was it, 11 points in the final minute? Yeah. And they, they lost in overtime. Just everything went against them. And that's inexplicable, and that cannot happen. It's basically impossible. So now they have to bounce back tonight against San Diego State. Of course, made the national title game last year. Who do you like? I like Colorado State. I'm going to buy low on them after their, you know, horrific, uh, you know, terrible loss like that. And if you look at the box score, I mean, it's unbelievable. 11 point lead minute left. I mean, you can't lose that game, but uh, I think it's a good angle here to back them at home. Uh, now they are ranked number 24. San Diego State is unranked. So it kind of isn't that same buy low, sell high, unranked versus ranked. But I got to go with the market on this one. This game opened Colorado State listed as low as a one and a half point home favorite. They've been bet up to minus two and a half. Currently, they're getting 64% of bets, but 89% of dollars. Ken Palm does have them winning winning by one point. So I tend to, uh, you know, go money line in these very short situations. You know, odds, odds makers are telling you it's going to be, be a very tight game. So I'd hate to lay a one or two, have Colorado State win by one or two. And, you know, I lay, I lose my bet if I lay the two and a half, but I win if I go money line. They have the bunch of advantages here, guys. Better offense, better field goal percentage, better free throw percentage, better three point percentage. Uh, Colorado State 10 and one at home. And San Diego State just three and four on the road. So you got to think of it, too, from the public. Like anyone who bet Colorado State is just so mad at them, so disgusted with them. You know, out of principle, they're going to say, I'm never going to bet them again, or I'm going to bet against them out of spite. But no, I think you don't want to fall into that trap as a better. Go with the data. Data's telling us here Colorado State is sharp. I'm on Colorado State money line. All right, there you go. Josh Applebaum, you can get his two podcasts here with VSIN, wherever you get your podcast. One is called Morning Bets, the other one is Market Insights. Josh, thanks for the time today. Best of luck. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank I'll give you another one, too. Um, you mentioned the ACC might be the weakest it's ever been. Oh. It, the, the Big 12 might be the best any conference has been, like, I don't know, since the 80s or early 90s. Mm -hmm. Every single night, Houston, I mean, they won in overtime last night against Texas. That's a gauntlet. I, how fun is that conference tournament going to be? Like, the, well, like how, how every team is good bottom. for yeah, the most yeah, part. Top to bottom, right. Hey, how is the ACC this bad? It's trash. I don't know, man. 16 teams. You might get three bids. I'll tell you, this, this has now been going on here for a couple of years. Like the SEC is way better than the ACC, and it's been that way now for a while. Like SEC hoops, the idea of that just being Kentucky, that, those days are long gone. Mm -hmm. And the ACC, it's like North Carolina, Duke. Okay, then what? So we'll get into uh, how many teams currently fit the Ken Palm criteria as potential potential national champs. Some really good teams do not fit the bill here. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSEN. Good to have you on board. We are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. This show is brought to you by DraftKings. Our good buddy Nigel Seeley joins the program now. PremierSportsPlays.com. It is a busy day today in the Prim, obviously. So he's on a couple of days early here. Mate, uh, good morning. Uh, great to talk to good you morning. as always. How shocked were you? How shocked was everybody in your area of the world when uh, Jurgen Klopp announced that he was stepping out of Liverpool last week? Oh, yeah, it was a massive shock. Um, I mean, he's him and Pep Guardiola have got the safest jobs in football, and he decided to to leave um, when his side were going for every single trophy that there is known. I mean, he's it, we, we've got very big futures on him to win the Premier League, um, and I'm still trying to work out whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think whoever takes over, if, if Liverpool of Football Club, have got to get in a successor pretty soon or announce a successor pretty soon because. Uh, Van Dijk, the captain's already said that he might not stay. Salah has said that he might not stay. Now the manager's gone. And I think the timing of it really shocked me. I mean, why don't you do it with six matches to go? I think it must have been going to be leaked. So he had to make the announcement sooner rather than later. Um, but the timing seemed to be a little bit off because there's now players, big players like Van Dijk and Salah, who do not want to commit their future to Liverpool until they know who the new manager is. Um, I expect the new manager to be Xavi Alonso, uh, the manager at Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, who is a former Liverpool player who's doing exceptionally in the Bundesliga. I think he would go there probably a little bit too early for his career if you actually asked him truthfully, but when the job comes about, you've got to take it. So I, I was completely shocked that he decided to go. Not the shocked of the, the pressure he's under, not shocked after the uh, you know the, the reasons he gave. And I think he was very open and uh, very honest in his, in his interview. But I was absolutely shocked with him leaving because if you can think of a, a manager and a club that you just, a perfect fit, Klopp and Liverpool was that fit. And I'm just a little bit shocked at the timing, really, because it's going to be like a pack of cars now. I think a lot of people might say, OK, I'm, I'm going to go. And I think Liverpool will have to really, really make the move and announce it, who the successor is, so they can have some certainty for the players going forward. But uh, yeah, very, very shocked. There, there was an angle, though. I, I can't. <laughs> there's, whenever these news breaks, you've always got to have a betting angle, haven't you? <clears throat> you've always got to think of something. Well, how, do we, how do we profit from this? How do we, how do, we do this? Well, Liverpool, as I said at the beginning of the of the interview here, Liverpool are still involved in every single competition. They're still in, they're in the Carabao Cup final, our League Cup final, which is at the end of February at Wembley. They're involved in the FA Cup, and they're involved in the Premier League race, and they're involved in the the Europa League. And um, and Klopp, while he's been in charge at Liverpool, has won every single trophy that he could possibly win, bar one. So he's won the Champions League, he's won the FA Cup, he's won the League Cup, and he's won the Premier League. He needs to he needs to win the Europa League to get the full set. And I just think Liverpool now he will, that is his personal mission to get every single trophy there's possibly he could win. And I think the Europa League now for Liverpool. Uh, last I saw, they were plus two twenty five to win the Europa League. It's a very very poor Europa League. I think that Liverpool will go all out to win that trophy so that Klopp can end his career in the Premier League with every single trophy that he could possibly win, he's won. He's won one mm-hmm. tournament, he's elu- one trophy's eluding him, and it's the Europa League, and I think that, I think he'll go out all out to win that. So that's the angle I come out with when I found that the news come out, I thought, well, he's, he's got to, you know, he's really got to go for that one, the Europa League, because a lot of teams don't really want to compete in the Europa League because their league position gives them the chance to get into the Champions League, so they, they sort of forfeit it. But Klopp knows that he's not going to be there next season. He knows that Liverpool will qualify for the Champions League from their league positions. And I think for him and, and for, for the players, the idea of winning every trophy that he could possibly win, there's five trophies he can win, he can win the lot. And uh, I think that might, be a, that might be the angle to go for. So Liverpool to win the Europa League. 
Okay, very good. That's a fun schedule coming up with the Premier League. We have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday matches, five games today, five matches today. You will you like a side and a total in the same game and you want to get uh, you want to get nuts here. What do you think of Sheffield United Crystal Palace? Well, I mean, I, as you know, I don't I don't be too far from Crystal Palace and uh, I've been to a couple of matches and it's 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 terrible at Crystal Palace. I mean, the atmosphere it's usually one of the hottest tickets in town. The atmosphere is usually fantastic. The players the, the crowd get behind the players. They've they've lost faith a little bit in the manager Roy Hodgson, who's coming to the end of his career. He's another manager who's leaving at the end of the season. Um, but the football down there is is diabolical at the moment. They 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 lose. They, they've lost two of their best players. Uh, at least say their their best player is is injured, so he he won't play. And the guy who produces most of their assists, their attacker Ayu um, Jordan Ayu, he's away at the African Cup of Nations. So without those two players, they don't really offer much from an offensive point of view. They haven't scored in their last three matches. And honestly, they, they, it's, it's not a happy place at the moment down at Crystal Palace. You go there, you can see that the, the fans aren't happy. They get on the back of the team pretty pretty quickly when things don't go their way. And um, I think this is a, a lot tougher match tonight uh, against Sheffield United than the odds will, give you, will make, you, make you think. I mean, um, Sheffield United have got, rid of an, uh, got a new manager, Chris Wilde. It's his second time at uh, Bramall Lane. He's gone back there for the second time. He's all about fight, determination. He's all about, come on, lads. He, he, he gets everybody up for the match. And he, you see a slight improvement on their form. They haven't been getting the results that I think they deserve, really. They should have got something from their home match against Luton. They should have, uh, they got a hard-fought draw against West Ham. But there, you can see a little bit of an improvement, and I see a huge decline from Crystal Palace. And I think five to one Sheffield United, and it's a bit mad. They were plus five fifty, but now they're five to one. There hasn't been a little bit of money for them. But I don't think that's a bad bet. You know, I think Sheffield United plus one goal here on the Asian handicap. If you want to play it safe, would be a good goal game. But you know, Sheffield United haven't won one match out of ten in the Premier League. They, they've two draws and eight defeats, not one win. But this Crystal Palace side on current form and on the metrics are the worst team in the Premier League. Sheffield United are performing better than Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace are really on a decline. And I think that um, people are sort of forgetting how bad Crystal Palace are at the moment and just sort of looking at the league table and thinking Sheffield United. This is no, this is no mm-hmm. give, me a, give me a tool for Crystal Palace here. I do think under two and a half goals is a bet as well. Um, they played at the first match of the season. It was 1-0 to Sheffield United. Sorry, 1-0 to Crystal Palace at Sheffield United in the first match of the season. And if you like your head-to-heads, uh, these two teams have played 10 times in the Premier League. Uh, over the years, nine of them have cashed under ten, two and a half goals, and in nine of those matches, both teams have scored have been a no. I think this oh, is going right. to be tight. I don't think there's going to be many goals in it, and I think Sheffield United have got a much better chance than the odds of five to one suggest this evening. All right, stepping out, taking the dog plus one, and uh, also uh, could they win? You definitely like the under. How about it over tomorrow? Brentford and Tottenham, total of three. Yeah, I like that. Um, no team have cashed more over two and a half goals in the Premier League this season than Brentford. And they did all that without their main man, Ivan Tony. So Ivan Tony is back now. He's come back and he scored in his return. Uh, they won in their return as well. And another overcashed. Uh, Tottenham this season have been phenomenal at home. Their home form has been absolutely unbelievable. Most of the matches this season, they've, they've, they've got cashed over three goals. I think in all bar two Premier League games this season for Tottenham matches in the Premier League at home, you would have either got a push or you would have cashed if you put over three goals. The way these two sides set up a little bit, I know that Tottenham haven't got their bet, their top goal scorer, Son, who's away in the Asian Cup, but they've got Ricarlison and they welcome back James Madison, who's their main assist provider, and he's weighs in with goals as well. Tottenham with Madison are a different side from an attacking point of view. Recently, in recent weeks, they've gone a little bit unders. They haven't been scoring the goals. They were really poor against Manchester City in the FA Cup at the weekend. And Postacoglu was deflated in his interview. I think they'll put in a performance here. On the opening day of the season, this match ended in a 2-2 draw. Uh, there's goals in these two sides. And I just think that the Tottenham may just go all out to win this because they, 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 he's, he's sort of been hurt by the performance, which was a really poor performance against Manchester City. And I think they might go back to his game plan before, but we've got all out attack. So uh, instead of going two and a half, I like the three here with a push at three. Um, I'm more confident about the under two and a half in Crystal Palace, Sheffield United. But I think if you're playing it over this week, 
uh, Tottenham v Brentford would be a, a nice play over three with it with that with that guarantee of a push on the Asian line. Yep. Well, uh, you know everybody. I mean, this is you mentioned Crystal Palace. You go to the holiday party every year. It's hilarious. But I think you said once on this show, thirty or forty to one, the biggest upset you've seen in all your years following and covering soccer. I think man, you lost at home to somebody. How can you put this Maids Maidstown United in perspective uh, and who the, with your neighbor is? And they were twenty five to one and won the other day uh, in, in the FA Cup? Yeah, the, big, the biggest price I've ever seen was Blackburn beat Manchester United over the Christmas period a few years ago. Right. And I think I think they were about 40, 50 to 1 to win, like wow. to win the match. And they, and they won. Blackburn were bottom of the table. Man United were flying high at the top. And they won. Uh, Mason is a, a tremendous story. I mean, it's, it's a phenomenal story. And not only did they, a lot of these little minnows, they, they, they don't, play exceptionally well and get lucky from a penalty or they get lucky from a deflection and then they win a narrow match but that they went toe-to-toe with a team like Ipswich who were going to be probably be in the Premier League or vying to be in the Premier League next season so it was an incredible achievement now where Maidstone are situated they're situated in a, in a county of England called Kent and I actually live in Kent and it's a, it's a county and Kent um, has a lot of non-league football teams like Maidstone. And in their division, they have a team called Welling. And Welling's own, or the chairman of Welling is like a friend of mine who lives who lives down the road <laughs> from me, literally, literally down the road from me. Yeah. And he's just a normal guy. Like, just a normal guy, yeah, local club, we'll just buy that. And we'll just get involved in it. You know, the, the players won't be earning much money. I think some of the players there, are, if they were earning... $200, $250 to play a match. That's the kind of money you're talking about here. Wow. And, they, and, they, and they're going to go toe-to-toe with the Premier League guys who are earning 150000 a week. So it's, it's, a, it's a huge difference. So if you put that into perspective, that's what that's what Maidstone have done here. So, um, yeah, it's a tremendous performance. I mean, and, and the two goals they scored, if you watch the two goals they scored, they were fantastic. First touch was brilliant. The balling was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And the finish was superb. So that is what that is what they've done. They, and, and what made me laugh is when they had the cup draw, they were deflated that they had to go to a championship side. They, I think when they, they had to play either um, Coventry or Sheffield Wednesday, they were absolutely gutted because they wanted to take on the Premier League. Right? And, and the money they will generate from this will set the club up and keep the club, the club in business probably for the next 15, 20 years. Really? So, um, yeah, huh. yeah. I mean, you, you, they're, they're probably going to earn a million, a million pounds. It's, if it takes months TV, probably a million and a half on the cut run. That will keep that club going for 10 years in, wow. in good condition wow. as well, good financial condition as well. Thanks, mate. Crush Thank it today. Take care. Be good. There good you luck. go. PremierSportsPlays.com. And Nigel Seeley up next wins some lose some. Imagine having this 700 to 1 ticket and watching the game play out like it did. Details next. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.